Welcome back. Welcome back to season two, episode one of Press Play. Now, before we begin, I wanted to thank my friend Christian, aka Traptavius of the North, for lending me his voice for a few hours. You guys will see what I mean in just a few seconds. But also to my amazing partner in life and sometimes in crime, Angel. Thank you for curating all of our music for every episode and your help with editing. You make this show come alive. Also, thank you to all of you, my little birds. I shed a tear every time I see my numbers go up and because I love... I just I love what I do and I I'm enjoying this process and I know that it's been a while but um but we're back. And just having you guys around and knowing that you're listening and all the incredible amount like just crazy amounts of feedback and criticism that I get to, you know, make this show better just makes it all worthwhile and it's just absolutely amazing and thank you guys so much for tuning in because it just it means a hell of a lot so I appreciate that but anywho without further ado here is episode one season two of press play I'm a black dude from Connecticut it's uh, one of the wealthiest states in the United States well my county though, has the greatest recorded disparity in terms of you have one of the poorest cities, literally one of the richest cities, and, you know, they share a town line. Um, my experience, I've had interpersonal, like, experiences with uh, people being discriminatory, so people using the N-word, saying I'm not smart enough, I'm not this or that, that's come from kids, adults, that has happened. But the idea is you want to prep them to always see, like the other day, you have to always put It was the night I got dragged to a frat party. My roommate decided that it was a good idea for me to go through my hoe phase after breaking it off with my high school boyfriend. She never let me forget that I was the only sophomore at Spelman that had yet to attend a party. So she squeezed me into her black spaghetti strap dress and fought me over my slightly worn out Doc Martin boots. She wanted me to wear her six inch death traps, she called shoes, but I refused. Being at this party was the last place I wanted to spend my Friday night. Ugh, this is so whack. But then, there he was, 6'4", black, and handsome. He had dreadlocks that went down to the middle of his back, but always pulled them back with a hair tie or something. He had a chiseled jaw and strong broad shoulders. I remembered him from my anatomy and physiology class. I mean, how can you miss a giant black Adonis. And of course, all of the girls in our anatomy class are flocked around him at this party. But could you blame them? 
Who could resist a tall, black, gorgeous future doctor? Stay strong, Naima. Stay strong, girl. All he has to do is walk into a room and he'll have all the girls at that party in the bathroom poking holes in condoms, wishing and praying that one day they can carry his genetically superior offspring. But as gorgeous as he was, I was not even remotely ready to be in any type of entanglements. My roommate had ventured off upstairs with some guy, and I decided that an hour of this bullshit was enough. I decided to dip out. Thank God I stood my ground and decided to keep on my boots. I would have hated walking home barefoot. And right when I was about to put on my headphones, a car pulls up next to me. Hi. Fuck. It's him. I ignored him and kept walking. You know, you really shouldn't put your headphones on while you're walking around at night alone. Who says I'm alone? Jesus walks with me. (laughs) Wow. How refreshing to encounter a girl that can quote the greatest composer of our generation. (laughs) And who might that be? Jesus, of course. First of all, don't you ever call him that. Second, you must be out your fucking mind if you think batshit crazy Yeezus is the greatest composer of our generation. Because if you had any actual sense, you would already know that J. Cole is hands down, unequivocally, the best of our generation. I will then stop walking, get in the car, and change my mind. I don't get in the car with strangers. Because unlike you, I have actual sense. (laughs) Says the girl who is about to place herself in immediate danger by putting on her headphones as she walks alone. He then stops the car and jumps out. From a few feet away, he shouts. I will, then I'll walk with you. Now, I'm pretty sure that's straight stalking. Well, it'll give you plenty of time to get to know me. Actually, no, it won't, because we're already here. Oh, this you? You and AKA? Why is this my first time seeing you at a Delta frat party? Because quite frankly, I have a lot more pertinent things to do than attend some frat party with some fuckboy idiot dry hump me all night long. Ugh. Now, good night. Wait, I, I never got your name. You never asked. It's Naima Lathan. It's a pleasure to meet you, Miss Lathan. He stuck out his hand. I'm Raheem Santana. I hesitated. But then I looked up at him. All six foot four of him. I don't know if it was his kind eyes, his crooked smile, or his persistence. Or, as I call it, straight stalking. But after that handshake, it was history ever since. We were inseparable. People on campus called us the Michelle and Barack Obama of Spelman. Rahim even made me dress up as Michelle for his frat's Freaknik Freak Show Halloween party. I hate dress-up theme parties, but 
There wasn't anything I wouldn't do for him and him for me. We studied together, we woke up together, we ate together, we jogged every morning together. We even graduated medical school together. I was a valedictorian, of course, and he was a salutatorian. After our surgical internship ended in Atlanta, we decided to move to Texas to begin our residencies at Baylor. We had no one in Texas, no family, no friends, just the two of us. It felt like we were officially starting our lives together. He proposed to me at the airport when we landed. He had a whole marching band, and the flight concierges were holding up signs with letters on them that spelled out, Will you marry me? I could not stop laughing and crying from all the happiness and love that I felt at that moment. Fast forward to fourth year of residency where I had some very exciting news. You're pregnant? Like like right now? I'm going to be a father? <laughs> yes. Yes. Rahim picks me up, spins me around, and I'm squealing for him to put me down. Life was a dream. I had a great career, a loving husband, and now I was going to give him the one thing that he truly wanted since the day that he met me, to be a father. But little did I know how much our lives would change. It was a night like every other night. Naeem and I were curled up together on the couch binge-watching Scandal for the third time. She loved Carrie Washington, so much she wanted to name our baby after her if it turned out the baby to be a girl. But the way I fucked around that night at conception, I just knew we were having a little Raheem Jr. She hated the idea of having a Raheem Jr., but she would do everything and anything for me. And I would for her. Even if it means waking up at 2 a.m. to get my baby cookies and cream ice cream after working a whole 24-hour shift at the hospital. I put on my shoes, grabbed my wallet, Grab my keys and manned up and kissed my wife. I'll be right back. I love you. I love you too. I got in the car and headed to the 7-Eleven two blocks away from the house because I just knew she would text me and also ask for a cherry flavored Big Go. I pay for the snacks, get back in the car, about to head home. I turned on the radio and J. Cole came on. I had the biggest grin on my face because I began to reminisce about the night I first laid eyes on Naima. How sassy she was when I tried to talk to her. Leaving her porch that night, we met. I skipped all the way back to the car. Thinking to myself, I'm going to marry that girl. I turned on my left blinker and my thoughts were suddenly interrupted by the red and blue lights in my rear view. I pulled over to the side of the road, turned down the music, put down the window. Please don't let him be white. I kept my eyes on the rearview mirror, and sure enough, my worst case scenario popped out that Crown Vic. License and registration, please. Officer, can you please explain why I'm being pulled over? I'll explain once you hand me your valid license and registration. Sir, I was going to speed limit. I turned on my blinker. I. Sir, you're refusing to cooperate, so now I'm going to need you to step out the vehicle. Sir, if there's no probable cause, then there's no need to step out the vehicle. 
Get out of vehicle now. Whoa, whoa. Hold on. There's no need for this. I'm unarmed. My hands have been on the dashboard the entire time. L let me just reach for my information. That night, my best friend, my husband, the father of my child, was taken from me. Rahim II will never get to hear his father's voice. My son and I will never get to feel his hugs, hear his laugh, and see his crooked smile. My husband is gone. This world took him from me. I will never get to hear him say, I love you, I love you ever again. Now, I'll be another single mother, and my son will be another fatherless child, all because a man decided that his fear of black people was bigger than his fear for God. Don't get me wrong. I don't wish ill will upon this man that took the life of my soulmate. In fact, I wish him the best. I wish for him to really take accountability for the way he handled another human life. Most importantly, I wish for God to change his heart. And for as long as the universe will have me here, I will not allow anyone to forget the name and the man that was Rahim Shakur Santana. The marathon continues. Tonight's story, like all of our stories on here on Press Play, was inspired by true events. Well, more like current events. Events that have been happening all over the world for hundreds of years. A civil war amongst us for something God never gave us the opportunity to choose. I really do pray for this country. I pray we all realize that we bleed the same color. For those of you that believe that Black Lives Matter is dividing this country, I pray that one day you'll understand that Black Lives Matter is a fight for human rights. Black Lives Matter is fighting for what people of color deserve. For true liberty and justice for all. Jonathan Price, Damian Daniels, Sandra Bland, Elijah McLean, Cornelius Fredericks, who was only 16 years old, Ahmad Arbery, Philando Castell, Mackay Lee, Jacob Blake, George Floyd, and of course, Breonna Taylor. Until we can get justice for these lives, 
and those who have gone unmentioned. We all need to continue to say their names. Good night. Spiritual tree.